It's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator, Ed Opperman. And this show is brought to you by none other than our brand new sponsor, Subash Technosis. Subash Technosis. Now, Subash Technosis is a search engine optimization and website design company located in India. Okay, so you know you're going to save a lot of money. Uh, And they offer all kinds of services. I've been using these guys for 10 years. Okay, I've known SEO Subash uh, since about 2015. Oh, no, 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 2010. About 2010, I've been working with this guy. Um, and they do all my press releases. They've done search engine optimization for me. They've done a lot of uh, rework on my websites and stuff um, when I needed backlinks and things like this. Now, the company's grown tremendously. They got over 250 employees over there in India. So they can do a lot of stuff for you. They can do, they can outsource your customer service. They can take those phone calls for you. They can do data entry work for you. They can build websites for you, real quality websites. Now, a lot of people, you know, they'll build their own website, then they'll go to a, a search engine optimization company and try and get the traffic to their website, right? Step one, step two. But that's not how you do it. You, you got to go to a company that understands search engine optimization to build a website for you That because it has to be built in, Okay. And these guys can do all that kind of stuff for you. Data, data entry, content writing, if you need article marketing or press releases. These guys do press releases, uh, software testing, uh, banking uh, services, all kinds of stuff. Check out Subash Technosis. Uh, you can go to their Facebook page, Subash Technosis, and, and give them a like. Let them know that they've, they've joined the Opperman Report family and that we're supporting them. And also, too, uh, if you go to oppermanreport.com or awakeradio.us, you can find a link to Subash Technosis. Uh, click on that link and check out their site. Also, check out oppermanreport.com. That is my uh, radio show website where we have um, the members section. We, we get exclusive content. You can go to the members section and you can see all kinds of stuff, uh, extra shows that we do during the week. We record shows that are exclusive only to members. We also have a document section uh, where um, and videos, too. We just uh, released, just in the past five days, um, the video of the execution of the search warrant on Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach mansion. So we have that up there. Uh, we also have all the, the Trump lawsuits, the Trump lawsuits with uh, Tiffany Doe and Jane Doe, uh, Katie Doe, I think it is. And uh, we have that up there. And, and there are affidavits, too, which you won't find a lot of places online. We have all the Trump uh, uh, lawsuits with the um, Trump University that I got from Steve Brill over Court TV sent those to me. Uh, 14 different uh, motions and, and pleadings uh, in the Trump. So, so all kinds of great stuff, videos and all kinds of fun stuff in oppermanreport.com. Now, we've got a big show for you today. Um, Ron Agner, who works with the family of Mark Taylor and Donna Taylor. And Mark Taylor was one of the, the kids at Columbine, okay? 
And I'm going to try and get this story here and, and figure out what's going on. So for some reason, Mark Taylor's been, I believe, locked up in a mental institution ever since the Columbine shooting. And, and that's what we're going to try and find. I tried to get in touch with the Donna Taylor one time uh, from, through her Facebook page. And she said, yeah, she wanted to come on the show. Then I tried to contact her through email, and she never got back to me. But then just recently, we got a hold of Ron Agner. And uh, he's going to give us the rundown on what's going on with this story. So, Ron, are you there? I am. Ah, great. There you go. Okay, sorry it took so long with the commercial. We got a brand new sponsor. I'm really excited about it. So I want to make them happy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, Ron, tell us about yourself. Who is Ron Agner? I'm a, uh, I guess, almost, uh, if you would think of a guy that's just concerned with his community, uh, that's how I came into this. I uh, have a background of being raised in the town of Littleton and uh, became a member of the Littleton JCs later in life, a uh, 15-year member, became their president. We're the ones that used to run the parade. Uh, a lot of these uh, town customs or things that we created uh, back in that day. And uh, quite concerning when Columbine happened. And I got involved with it because uh, a man who had put crosses on the hill by the name of Greg Zanis, I call him the crossmaker. Uh, when I invited him to take a piece of a parcel of land that I had and put his crosses on it, he accepted my invitation and he also became a good friend of mine. And uh, quite honestly, it was very traumatic to have been around those crosses during these family's grieving time where they needed as much support as we could possibly provide for them. So uh, I have some success stories of how these uh, contacts back in those days have become uh, memorable experiences. But um, quite honestly, I entered into this because the crossmaker had created a controversy as to how many crosses he put on that hill. And it became my concern when I was being contacted by family members that didn't think 15 was the number, that instead there should be 13. So we start into why do we think uh, how many crosses? What do we do to try to understand uh, how many crosses should be represented when in case we don't know anything about the two shooters. So that's uh, basically how I got into it. I'm a local uh, resident of the area. This incident that we'll be discussing called the January incident occurred uh, on a road that's half a block from where I'm speaking from. So simply because I'm still being a community activist uh, I'm quite concerned that this truth that we have tried to uh, present has been um, horribly mistreated to the point where they created a false narrative. Oh, okay, Ron. Be Columbine, before we get to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, before we get to that, let me ask a couple questions. Uh, how old are you? Yes, sir. How old are you? Uh, six, I'm 66. 66. And what did you do for a living during your life? Uh, I was an aircraft mechanic uh, trained by Eastern Airlines, so I've had some responsibility in my life, and I've I've treated my responsibility towards the traveling public the same way I do in anything. I do not lie about dead children 
or maimed children. Okay, and that's a big industry down there in Littleton, Colorado, right? The aircraft industry and the, all that kind of stuff, right? That's how I ended up here. Going back to my childhood, we came out in 1957 because my father worked for the Glen L. Martin Company, which is now the Lockheed Martin. Gotcha. Yeah, Lockheed Martin's a big company down there as well. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, um, for a lot of the audience is young, okay? They're, I'm 53, you're 66. So we, we, Columbine is fresh in our mind, but a lot of the audience is like 18, 20 years old, okay? Why don't you explain to us what Columbine was? What happened there in January in Columbine? Columbine, Colorado. Uh, we ended up with a uh, horrible massacre of some children, and we've discovered that it could have been prevented. And had it been handled properly months before Columbine, then they had the opportunity to have prevented it. Oh, to prevent what? And with the, to prevent what? What was Columbine? The what tragedy. happened? To, okay, what happened? Yeah, they, to they had an they had an opportunity to um, uh, get things under control because they had prepared a search warrant for Eric Harris's house and did not serve it. In not serving it, they did that for nefarious reasons. They did not want Eric Harris to appear in a courtroom and explain why he was building bombs. And they missed their opportunity because they know that that would have brought up Harris's complaint about having been mistreated sexually. Okay, so wait, 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 wait stop. So what, what could have been prevented was is that on one morning, uh, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold got a bunch of bombs and guns and they went into their high school and they shot up a bunch of kids. How many kids did they shoot there in Columbine, do you know? Uh, with all the injured, I'm thinking in the neighborhood of 40. Okay, they shot uh, about 40 15. kids. And, and Fifteen dead people, including the shooters. Right. And, and how old were Dylan and, and Klebold? Uh, they were like 17. They were seniors. 17-year-old seniors in high school. Okay. Now, the, the, the public story is that the reason why these kids did this is because they were part of the trench coat mafia and that they were being bullied, and, 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 and that's why and they went back to get revenge against the school. Now, now you're saying that. Okay, now that, right. that's where I can um, uh, explain to you just by typing into your computer, Jessica Siegel. Uh, just uh, <laughs> now, I'm I'm stumbling on that. Uh, going back, uh, this article indicates that that was a spin doctor by the name of Oh, hugging the spotlight. Jessica Siegel, hugging the spotlight. Save yourself some time, just focus on the media city. And you're gonna see where they put a spin doctor. And they took that spin, and that's where they led the public to believe this was about two boys who are angry at Trenchcoat Mafia. That was not the case. Okay, then Ron, let me stop you right what there. It was. Who, who do you think it was that inserted the spin doctor into the story to spin it? Uh, I think at that point the FBI was in charge. FBI. Uh, obviously, uh, while you've got your pen out, just write these two names down because these were people that were in Mark's life uh, telling him he'd better not talk even when he was in the hospital. This was before I met him. I was with the uh, families of the dead. Okay, so Ron, let's people stop. People like Don Anna. 
Ron, let's stop right there again. Uh, Ron, let's stop right there again. Yes, sir. Because no one has any idea who Mark is yet. Okay, we haven't told him. So now. Oh. Yeah, that's. I, I'm stumbling around here thinking well, that we have an, an audience that has uh, can remember about Colin Byman. In fact, that's really what I like to do is try to help people through it by just taking them to these particular websites. So if you're just to you know reread later on that one particular article, then you're going to see where that's where everyone was misled. Okay. So quite obviously, uh, th that's where I want to help you people understand how you were misled. Okay, great. But keep in mind also, too, a lot of people driving in their cars, and they don't have a pen in their hand. They're not sitting in front of a computer. So they, they can't look stuff up. So, uh, uh, no. Yeah. How getting the spotlight is all I think you'll have to remember. Okay. okay. So now, the, so the reason that's, why... The, that's what I do when I'm uh, contacting people by uh, email is I can basically lead people through this by simply being a tour director. In other words, amalgamating this information and then you can read it for yourself. Okay, great. <laughs> and Now, Mark, I'm on the tour, so I have a question for you. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, yes. Mr. Tour Director. Let me ask you a question. Um, who is Mark Taylor? He's a young man, the first one shot at Columbine. Oh, first one. He, okay. uh, yeah, he uh, wrote a book. And the name of the book was I Asked, God Answered. And he was uh, working for a doctor, Ann Tracy, had spoken in front of the FDA about the dangers of the drugs. He would uh, uh, tell them, where were you when I got shot at Columbine? I'm the one that took the bullets, and you're the ones that put this uh, dangerous uh, substance out in the public. Uh, and then I'm the one that gets shot by a guy that's on the stuff, basically. Okay, uh, well, Mark, then, Ron, 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 how do we know that Mark was the first guy to get shot? Because he was outside the school, and that's the uh, uh, just what everybody knows happened. Uh, people that follow the itinerary or whatever. So there were witnesses. Yeah, he was out. He was out there uh, amongst uh, kids out on the lawn, and then uh, immediately, though, he witnessed some shooters on the roof. There's another lie by the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department because they were saying that that was an air conditioning man. And then we found the helicopter footage of sh shooters on the roof, and obviously it's a SWAT team. So we're just saying that they were wanting to silence him from the beginning from what he was witnessing. Okay, now, so, you know, when, you know, we, there, there's witnesses that know that he was the first one who was shot. Now, was there any kind of conversation back and forth between him and Dylan and Klebold before he was shot? No, as a matter of fact, Mark didn't know anyone at that school. He'd only been gone there for a couple of weeks. Okay. And and it just made a few friends, uh, so he had no no knowledge of these boys at all. Okay, now you say he wrote a book, I Asked, God Answered. Now, did he self-publish that book, or did he have a publisher? No, I actually took them down to Oklahoma and had it published. I uh, can't remember the publisher now, but uh, during these journeys, can I tell you that we've contacted a lot of people and we bring up the pedophilia. No, 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 we're, no, we're going to get to we're going to get to all that. We're going to get to all that. I promise you. We can spend three hours. I'll, we'll get to all that. I promise you. But let's just focus on on all Mark right. Taylor right now for now. Okay. Now you say he wrote this book and you helped him get the book published. Is the book still available? Yes, as far as I know. Okay. Now the the book actually wasn't written by Mark. It was done by. Uh, Donna's cousin, who basically wrote it and then had Mark, he, Mark will tell you this, he's very honest, 
but yeah, he even admits that he didn't write the book, but it was about his story when he was recovering, basically. Okay, so he was shot, but he wasn't so badly wounded that he he survived the shooting. Now, in the book, he describes yeah. seeing two shooters up on the roof. Yes, yeah, they they were calling him the Miracle Boy. He was being passed around. Uh, he was in the movie Bowling for Columbine by Mike, Michael Moore. Okay. Being being used by Michael Moore. Okay. Okay. So now, um, how much time passed from when he he was shot till he wrote the book? Was it years or just months? Well, I, I'll say again, he he didn't write the book. The publisher right. accepted the book as his because I guess he endorsed it. Okay. How much time passed from the time he was shot to the time the book was published? Uh, I, I'm very hard on the time periods, maybe five, a couple five of years. Five, couple of years. Okay, good. Now, so he was about 19 then by that point. Now, you say he also testified before Congress? He had some kind of congressional testimony? No, he, he spoke in front of the FDA. FDA, about drugs. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, type in Mark Taylor's fight for Columbine, and that has a good profile of what he was doing during that period of time. Okay, great. There's now, a good documentary on that. Now, how did he wind up being institutionalized in a mental institution? Because he didn't get to appear in front of a court, they simply took him off the street, made claims that are, if you knew Mark, you would think, how in the heck would he ever do anything like that? He was a good, very honest person. But they claimed that he made a threat to blow up a bookstore. And then they just simply took him and put him in a mental institution. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's like when we went down there to see him, hey, Mark, what are you doing here? Yeah, it was uh, quite contrary to his any kind of rights that you would have. Okay. And they put him on drugs. So, okay, so one day uh, he's walking down the street. How old was he at that time? Gosh, 1920, something like that. 1920 years old. He's walking down the street. And uh, was he employed at that time? Well, he was actually, I, I can't remember whether he was still on the tour with uh, uh, Dr. Tracy. This is Dr. Ann Tracy, who has a website, drugawareness.org. But he was getting opportunities to speak, and he was wanting to be a preacher, so he was just taking opportunities that uh, were presented, and she was getting people coming into her lectures because she had a victim of Columbine that could talk about the dangers of the psychotropic drugs. And quite honestly, I think that that was a part of it, uh, but they simply don't include the fact that the shooters had a reason for being on these psychotropic drugs. Gotcha. Now, back to Mark. Um, he's about 19, 20 years old. He's working for this Dr. Tracy, kind of doing lectures and speeches and stuff like that. Did he have a girlfriend? He's had him off and on. Uh, he was basically... Uh, like a traveling man there for some time. They were going to different places throughout the country. So but, a girl uh, in every port then remember, at this point. <laughs> I remember one time he had this little gal and her uh, parents didn't like the fact that he was a, you know, gained a lot of attention at that point. Okay, now where was he living? 19, 20 years old. Was he living on his own or living with his mother? He was always with his mother because as soon as they got a hold of him, he required full attention. Now, Donna had a quite successful life. She was living in a nice two-story house and had four other kids, raised them successfully, and had uh, was even uh, running um, 
like beauty pageants, but they're for the bridal industry. So there'd be bridal pageants uh, at the uh, Denver Merchandise Mart. And, and all of a sudden, she's having to face having to take care of Mark because they've drugged him up. Okay, so, so then but, she ends up. I'm sorry. Go but, ahead. Yeah, but before she had to start taking care of Mark, because originally Mark was he was working for Dr. Tracy, right? And he was doing okay. He was a happy guy, right? Uh, what was Donna doing for a living? You said she was doing beauty passions. Anything else to show a steady job? Yeah, she was always uh, uh, busy doing something. I know she worked for a, an attorney in Missouri when okay. uh, she had to rush back. She was thinking Mark was going to be just as normal as the rest of them when she cut the apron strings, but she had to return back to Colorado Springs when they took him and put him in the institution, so she lost that job. And then was told by a doctor... Mary Z, that Mark's life was in danger and in a frightened state now. She's heading to New Mexico. Even oh, though well, she's well, got well, family here, she has to take Mark where she thinks he's safe. Okay, well, hold on. Okay, then, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Mark gets picked up um, walking down the street, you said, but they accused him of threatening to uh, bomb a bookstore. Now, Mark denies yeah. he, he denies ever being in the bookstore. What does he deny? Was it just an argument in the bookstore? What, what was? He he had been going on to the bookstores just to see if his book was being displayed and sold. That they just connected the fact that he was going into bookstores to some kind of a plot that they created out of thin air. They, so now, was there a hearing? Was there any kind of court hearing to to have him? Uh, no court hearing whatsoever. They simply just took him. And th this is right after he had been used by uh, Attorney General Ken Salazar in a, a case in which he wasn't liking uh, what they had done to him in that case. Well, what, describe that so case. So they silenced him. Okay. Well, 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 I could go back. It becomes more complicated, so I don't want to confuse the audience. But uh, it goes back to where they were trying to uh, keep these uh, Columbine files from being uh, uh uh, put, put out to where the Columbine families could learn what was in these files. And they actually uh, used Mark's uh, name in a courtroom, which was quite obviously opposite of what he was trying to uh, do. Uh, they were making uh, the court think that he wanted a Dr. Tracy, uh, excuse me, a Dr. Elliot to review these files and write a report on them. And that's obviously not what they wanted. And in this case, when Mark was making objections to that, that's when they silenced him. Okay. So it goes all the way back to Gary Kleinman and Donald Estep. You can simply type into your computer uh, those two names, Donald Estep, Gary Kleinman, C-O-Y-M-A-N. And this goes all the way back to Mark's uh, learning about these people, in which case the Gary Kleinman ended up at Mark's bedside instead of his, um, what they were assigning uh, would be uh, uh, advocates. I guess they called them victim advocates. But no, suddenly his Mark's victim advocate disappears, and here's Gary Kleinman. So we follow Gary Kleinman to the Columbine investigation, and they're not even asking the right questions. Yeah, everybody's wondering why these boys did it. You can go to the Columbine files, and they don't ask their friends and associates why they think their, kid, their 
friends did it. Okay, let, let, let's hold so on. So I'm just telling you, yeah, yeah there, we got a bad FBI here. You right. know what I'm saying? They just don't really want to work well. Okay, but the thing is, they can't. When, when Mark is about 20 years right. old, okay, he winds up in a, in a mental institution. What's the name of that institution? Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was one in Colorado Springs. That's where Donna was so supportive because obviously she knows all of that stuff. Okay. Now, and now, I was simply trying to help them. You know? Okay. Now, is he still in that same institution in Colorado Springs right now? No. That was the first time. So then Donna gets him out. Okay. And they're, they're in New Mexico and they're trying to get to a safe house in Colorado, I mean, in California. And. Mark's not feeling well, so she just pulls off for an emergency evaluation to see if Mark's okay. And lo and behold, they grab him there. Okay. It, it took this attorney uh, $20,000 to fight them to get Mark released out of Arizona. So finally, they get him out of Arizona, and he comes back to Colorado. In which case, that's where I was trying to provide a safe house for him, and they took him away here. Okay. Let's, so let's back I don't up. know how many times they think they can steal this young man, but he hasn't done anything wrong, and they have. Okay, let's back up a little bit. When he's twenty, he gets arrested. Yes, he gets a, in, in, in committed the first time, but his mother got him out. Now, what was the diagnosis? What diagnosis did they give him when he was in there? You know, with all the psycho babble that's going on, um, actually, a, a good friend of ours. Uh, sat down with the psychiatrist and right in front of Mark. Basically, the guy said that Mark was crazy. Now, we see it just the other way around. Yeah, we, we think they're crazy for thinking that they can abduct this young man and ruin his life, and quite honestly, that's what they've done because he has no mental stimulation and no physical stimulation, and he sits around all day long with a bunch of old men mumbling. And I don't think that's right that they did this to this young man. Okay, but we we don't know what the diagnosis was that, that that they've justified to put him in there. There was no real diagnosis. We went and visited him, Doug Millar and I did, Okay. and said, Mark, what are you doing in here? And he didn't belong in there. Right. right. Now he does because they've drugged him. Now we think that simply by getting him off the drugs in a very slow and determined uh program that yes we can get him off the drugs but at least we would like to have the opportunity to try because that's what he says he wants okay now when he the first time when he was 20 and he got out of there they put him on prescriptions and what was part of his condition of his release uh they just simply have him on a drug leash uh there's no condition other than the fact that if you take him off then he has seizures Gotcha. So, and you no, can't, yeah, oh. you, you, that's what happened when we had to call him here. The EMTs took him away. Then he ends up uh, under the jurisdiction of Denver, even though this wasn't even the same county. Okay. Uh, now, you know, they just, everybody wants to claim him or something, and then, right. then they take him. What is the prescription so that we he's don't on? think they have a right to take him any longer. We want to simply get out of here, go to Bolivia with him, where we have some people that would care for his needs in the manner that he wants to be cared for. What is the prescription that they have him on? What is the drug? Uh, Halidol is the last one I heard. Uh, they've got him on a, uh, it's almost, you know, when he used to come stay with me, he'd have a packet of all kinds of garbage every time. 
Right. And I, I took pictures of it at one time to try to identify what they were. But uh, quite obviously, if we don't have any drugs to get him out of here and transport him, then he has, he's stuck there. And I'm going to Bolivia regardless. Uh, but I don't want to have to go to Bolivia without him. I think we have the proper uh, things in place because we have people on the other end that will provide for him. So this is his opportunity to be free. And we just don't understand how they think they can uh, abuse these people. And Mark, Mark's one case, now we have Donna because she fled the safe house that I have had here for her. She was staying here when she was trying to get Mark out. And then she ends up having to leave because we had a frozen sewer. And she's trying to get to Dr. Ann Tracy's house, and we find her. We don't know what happened, but we found her out in the middle of the desert, incoherent. This is and Donna. So you found silenced. You found Donna out in the middle of the desert, silence, right? Uh, incoherent. Well, yeah, she was heading to Vegas. Okay, that's where Dr. Tracy is. Okay, Dr. Tracy lives in Vegas. What's Dr. Tracy's first name? Dr. Ann Tracy. Dr. Ann Tracy, and she's based here in, in Vegas. She was last time I uh, learned where she was. I assume she's still there. Okay, now, now she's, she's she was in Utah at one point. Right, but now she's a professional, right? Wasn't she able to give some kind of a, a diagnosis uh, to counter what the when they're they're institutionalizing? Did she try to intervene on his behalf because she knew him? Yeah, truly. When we were at Bundy Ranch, I was hoping to maybe put a call out for some doctor that would come in and provide his medication when he was in the Bundy Ranch, because I don't think they would have messed with him there. <laughs> yeah, we. We thought that was quite uh, a neat place to go to where suddenly we don't have any federal employees bothering us. All right. Okay, let's take a commercial break. We'll be right back after this. We're with Ron Agner. We're discussing um, this case with uh, Mark Taylor, uh, who was the first guy shot at Columbine when he was in high school. Uh, He went on to to write a book, uh, I Asked, God Answered, and uh, then wound up um, in a mental institution. And it seems like he's been in there for quite a long time. So we're trying to get to the bottom of all this and figure out what's going on. We'll be right back after these messages with more of Ron Agner. The Opperman Report is brought to you by SubashTechnosis.com. Subash Technosis is a search engine optimization and website design company located in India. So you know you're going to save a lot of money and get top quality service to boot. They offer all kinds of services, uh, business process outsourcing, data entry, banking BPO services, recruitment process outsourcing, uh, software testing, offshore research networking, uh, customer care, press release, content writing and distribution, and much, much more. They offer website development, e-commerce solutions, mobile responsive designs. Now, I've personally worked with Subash for over 10 years. Uh, This is the man that puts out my press releases. Uh, They've done work on my websites, so I can personally recommend SubashTechnosis.com. You can find the link to Subash Technosis at OppermanReport.com and also AwakeRadio.us. Welcome to our new sponsor.
Okay, welcome back. We're back with the Opperman Report. I'm your host, Private Investigator Ed Opperman, and we're here with uh, Ron Agner, uh, who's um, telling us all about this uh, Mark Taylor, who was the first kid shot at Columbine. So, Ron, are you there? Yes. Okay, great. Now, um, if I wanted to call Mark Taylor, he's in a mental institution right this minute? Yeah. And uh, can I tell you that we took him on a trip through Vegas when we went to uh, Long Beach. And uh, when we had him in the casinos and partying and all, nobody in anywhere would believe that he needs to be in a mental institution. You know, he's not a danger to anybody. He's a, like a lamb kind of a kind of guy. And quite honestly, uh, he conducts himself in a, a normal manner. I just don't understand why they think they need to keep him locked up okay well he's, he's really not even locked up i mean he's free to walk around the the place go down to the store or whatever uh so he is in the public i don't know why they think he needs to come back there okay so if i wanted to call him i could call him up and, and record some time with him sure okay we should try and arrange that now well, yeah the only one that can't contact him is me because they came against me as his best friend and uh, put a restraining order against me. And what was the basis for the restraining order? What was their allegation? Well, they claimed that I had something to do with taking Mark Taylor to the Bundy Ranch. <laughs> no, it was uh, Ken, uh, uh, what do you call him, GMN Kim from the Pete Santilli show that came by, and they, he picked him up. I didn't think he could even get the medication. But for some reason, he got medication to take Mark all the way to the Bundy Ranch and back. And... Uh, and then uh, threw him under the bus. How did he throw him under the bus? And blame, blame, blame me for the whole thing. I didn't have a thing to do with arranging that trip. And uh, they even, Ken even bought him a T-shirt uh, signifying that he was there. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess when he's wearing that around the home, they're saying, where'd you get that T-shirt, Mark? You know, anyway, it seemed to be a setup or something, and it resulted in me not being able to talk to Mark. So you're saying someone from the Pete Santilli show was able to get medication for him? Was this through the hospital? or was it yeah. yeah, when he mentioned that he was going to get Mark out, I just kind of rolled my eyes thinking, yeah, fat chance, you're not going to get medication for him. But then he did. I'm thinking, how did that happen? Quite suspicious. And then you're saying they threw him under the bus. How did they throw him under the bus? Well, they actually uh, had some websites up. Uh, showing pictures of, uh, you know, I've got some snapshots uh, showing uh, Mark with uh, Clive and Bundy and they were going to make a big to-do about it and then all of a sudden they're taking everything down. I'm quite suspicious of Pete Santilli. I just you think so? <laughs> you think so, huh? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I was I was both on the Pete Santilli show and uh, Vinny Eastwood. Right. So Vinny's, I was right in the middle of all that. Uh, yeah, Vinny's a friend of him. He's, he's Rex 84, if, he, if that helps, you know what I'm saying. Okay. Now, what do you think it was? What What other things, besides seeing these shooters on the roof, what else was in the book that you think that they would want to go after uh, Mark? Well, he actually made another statement that uh, the police officer that saved him came in and told him that uh, he was under orders not to save him. I've even had attorneys in the, involved saying, yeah, they were trying for a big body count. 
So, it's uh, wait, wait, unusual hold, to... Hold on. A police officer came in, saw Mark shot, and said, I've been ordered not to save you. Well, the, yeah, the guy that did save him. We've actually talked to him since uh, the tragedy, and he, he knows all the stuff that I'm going to be sharing with you. And you would think that uh, this is the young man that he saved. He would probably uh, be interested. But, no, we've had conversation with him. And so when, when he have this conversation, does he confirm that he said that that day, or, or is he, now he denies it? You know, that wasn't a, what the conversation was about. It was more, gee, finally got to meet you, and thank you so much for what you did in Mark's life saving you. Okay. He actually is, is the mayor of a town I lived in over in the uh, small town of Peonia, Colorado. That's where we met him. Okay. And uh, quite interesting how these people want to just fade into the uh, background when, in fact, we were trying to make him into a hero, you know? Okay, now, now what, what, what else could have been in the book that could be the, the impetus for this uh, being put in the mental institution? Quite honestly, it was because he was focusing on big pharma. Okay. So he had no friends there. He didn't understand how powerful they are. He's just a young man. And then he was also focusing on the corruption that the government had. Yeah, when, when they're covering up the pedophilia, that gets quite concerning. Okay. Then and the, quite honestly... Then, then let's get into I'm that. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what happened was is that uh, Harris and Klebold, they had did a burglary of a van. This is a couple of... Before the shooting at Columbine. They'd done some burglary of a van, right? Am I correct? Yeah, that's one of the incidences. We learned there were over 15 contacts with sheriff's deputies. Oh, really? Okay, the only one we I'm... Found, the only... Yeah, we found that out because there was a journal by Harris's father. It didn't appear in any of the uh, uh, sheriff's files that these contacts existed. They were trying to separate themselves from having any contact with these boys. Okay, so now um, you have a copy of that journal? Well, it's just, uh, I'd have to just go back to the files. Might even type in as search words, uh, uh, Harris Father's Journal. I don't know. And it's available? It's that easy. It's available online? I'm, I'm sure, yeah. I can send, uh, you know, you quite a bit of emails before we have our next conversation so that you can uh, put them on your website or whatever way that you distribute information. Okay. But I simply... I'll give everybody a heads up that all of the information, I don't have a, a lot of computer skills, so all the information that I can send you is still up, or I wouldn't have that link. So you can reverse engineer knowing what the boys said. You know, this is what they said. Uh, and then you can reverse engineer back to the opportunity that they had to serve the search warrant and understand then that they didn't want those boys in a courtroom to reveal the pedophilia. Okay. So I, they were already in a uh, cover-up mode when it came to an Officer Walsh. And we have a lot of information from the boys. Now, understand this is what they said. 
uh, things like, uh, excuse the word, but this is what oh, it was. No, no, wait, no, no, wait. You, no, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't curse on, on you, okay? You cannot, no cursing. All right, well. No, one second, no, one second. I, I apologize. Don't worry, don't worry. Well, let's talk about things slow, that they said. Right, no, you know? Okay, you can't, though, but let's slow down for a second. Okay, now. All right. Uh, no obscenities whatsoever, okay? It'll just ruin the whole show. Now, um, the thing is, I'm only aware of one incident. They were breaking into a van, the cops arrested them, and somehow they were molested. They were sexually molested during that incident. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, how were they sexually molested? Both of them? By how many cops? We don't know that. All we have is the documentation that they left behind in the form of a picture, and then we have other information because we have the depositions of the shooter's parents which uh, they think that they have destroyed, but no, we got the decamp files, which backs up uh, our information. So it's information no one else has. And then we also can go forward and have John decamp, who in his own uh, statements, remember he was under gag order and they had, uh, I don't know whether anybody remembered, but they- Wait, wait, let, let, let's uh, stop for a second. Let's stop for a second. Let's get back to again. Now you said the boys have a picture. What is the picture of? The picture is in a police file. Okay. Here again, I don't know what my rules are as far as, you know, when you're talking about this horrible subject, I'm as embarrassed to have to say these things as, as anyone, but when it's becoming a file, then you have to repeat what the file's name is. So here again, I did not name well, this file. Then, then don't name El the Paso file. El Paso County Sheriff's Department did. Then don't name the file. You ready for the... No, don't name the file. What What is it a picture of? Do you know what it's a picture of? It's a picture that's identified as a cop anally molesting a boy. Okay, and, and this is in the police file. The police have a picture of this. Yes. Have you seen this picture? A picture that Eric Harris drew when okay. he was under arrest for oh, the January okay. incident. So, okay, so it's a drawing. It's a drawing that, uh, that... A drawing, yes. Okay, and that's in police evidence locker. It was on page 10,589 of the Columbine report. Okay. Now, you're saying okay, so there's a picture, and then you said there was some something else that uh, uh, alludes to this uh, police raping these boys. Uh, it was a picture and something else. What was the other thing? Well, there could be what could be thought of as a cryptic ca caption and that was Dylan's uh, statement where he says then an officer approached us got all that we had and went through the process so that that's just a small piece that we had in the beginning of this uh, investigation and quite honestly uh, uh, more of the investigation is now in the fact that we have been uh, abused horribly because of the information that we have you know, it's because of our knowledge and our ability to analyze what we're seeing here. Okay. And ask the right questions. We can't get the FBI to respond in a, a responsible manner. Okay. Now, uh, you, you said that in addition to that one incident that I was aware of, that there were how many other contacts with the sheriff's department? You said nine or ten, something like that. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. And then, then what were those fifteen? Is it those also involved sexual abuse? What, what was that? Well, I'm not saying I can identify everyone that caused sexual abuse, but in this case, even when Walsh was asked, had he had any other contacts with those boys, he 
indicated he hadn't when in fact those 15 contacts proved that he did. So I'm just pointing out the areas where we have learned that they're being deceptive. Okay. Even had a... And those 15 contacts, were those actual arrests? Or these were just 15, you know, incidents, uh, police show up, make a ticket report, uh, phone calls, 911? Well, I would, I would suggest instead of getting hung up on those, I can send you the documents that uh, uh, Ken Salazar gave him a free pass on that, thinking, oh, they dismissed it. It was just a Keystone Cops kind of a thing. No, they had a motive to cover up because already they had missed their chance to protect the school by arresting the police officer that committed the crimes against Harris and Klebold, and instead they they did the wrong thing there. So already they're being subjected to some pretty serious crimes. Now you were saying I would, suge I would suggest that it would be conspiracy to murder, at least. Okay, you were saying before that um, uh, it, the Columbine shootings, the high school shootings, there could have been prevented because the police could have issued a search warrant against Dylan Klebold's homes for making bombs. Now, how, how do you come up with that? They had prepared a search warrant, and then they didn't serve it. Had they served it, then uh, the lead investigator, Kate Batan, would have taken this into a courtroom and prosecuted Harris for the materials they would have found. They didn't do that. And the reason they didn't do that is they decided at that point that they would try to cover up what Harris or what uh, Walsh had done to them instead of doing the right thing and prosecuting Walsh and getting protection for the two boys that were being molested. And we didn't understand how far this went until we actually heard it from John D. Camp that it happened multiple times. We were simply concentrating on what we acknowledged from the January incident, in which case we have a written motive. And you would think that maybe the FBI would like to know what the written motive is if they can't figure it out. And it was in a yearbook entry, and it said something like this, killing cops, blowing up things, it'll be the holy April morning of natural born killers. Here's the takeaway. My wrath for January's incident will be godlike, not to mention our revenge in the commons. So here again, I'm just explaining to you what they said. And they said that the revenge in the commons, which you can suggest could have been the bomb that they put in the lunchroom, had everything to do with the January incident, in which case they were wanting revenge. And it's the January incident where we find this picture. Well, how do you make Let that? You know what how do you make that connection? Professor? How do you make that connection, though? That that the that that statement in the yearbook connects to the January incident. Well, uh, Dylan, if you look at the picture of them lying in a pool of blood, has a shirt that has big red letters "Wrath" across it. Right. So that's an indication that they're underlying that statement. And we we have much more. I mean, you have to just put all the pieces together to understand that we know what we're talking about. But quite honestly, uh, it, it's even almost more about how many times we've had to go to our authorities. And obviously it hasn't worked for us. So we, you know, the 
mainstream media. Yeah, where are you? Well, let me ask you a question. Over here. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Now, when, when you do go to the authorities, how do you present your case? Like, do you have like a one sheet that, that says, hey, this is what, you know, this is the outline of our theory here, what's going on, and, and present like a nice short little one sheet to people that, the, uh, that they can look at? How do you present this? Uh, it's been many different kinds of times. I think the most amusing story is when we had simply gotten Mark out of the group home and we went to a little pizza restaurant and we, I go up and order the pizza and Mark and Donna sit down. And by the time I'm done ordering the pizza, I see this guy sitting across from us and I sit down and Donna says, that's uh, uh, Senator Mike Bennett. So I get up and I go over and introduce myself and I ask if you would like to join us that we have couple of victims of the Columbine tragedy sitting over here and he liked the idea that he could talk to us so when Donna starts talking about having her son taken away and put in a mental institution and how we know all of this stuff all he does is he says oh and I was the superintendent of Denver Public Schools oh my gosh he walked out of there as if he'd seen a ghost and we were hoping maybe we could go to his office and talk further but no he ran out of there and uh, quite honestly, uh, didn't even go back and get his pizza that he'd ordered. I'm telling you, that's the kind of, that's just one incident over many, a lot of politicians out there that would just as soon run from us than face the truth. Okay, because I ask you if you have a one sheet, because when you tried to present your information to me, you know, like you contacted me first on YouTube and then a couple of emails, like you send a lot of links and a lot of stuff, but it's, it's very confusing as to what the point you're trying to make. And, and it, it would probably benefit you, right? You, you create that one sheet. Well, if I can make a point. Go ahead. It's that none of this would have happened if Bill Clinton had done what we asked him to do and did an investigation. Because when we went to Bill Clinton, we knew that those boys were raped. And now we discover that he's a pedophile. How much more do you people need to to lock these Clintons up? We actually followed uh, a, a trail. You there? Okay, I think we lost them. Ah, oh, brother. Okay, let me see if we're still. No, I still got. It's still. You're still on, Ron. Can you hear me? Oh, well, this is frozen. Oh, no, we're good there. Hey, Ron, can you hear me at all? I'm going to try calling. I'll hang up and call him back. I'm trying, guys. <laughs> I had a, another guest book today, too, um, who was a longtime friend of uh, David Berkowitz. And, um, but I could not. Hey, Ron. Are you there, Ron? Are you? Uh, you couldn't hear me, apparently. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you good now. Here you go. Might have to bump you up just a little bit. Uh, I'll get. There you go. Okay. How's that? Oh, no. Now you're not too loud. Okay, good. All right. We got you back. <laughs> now, you were saying that, uh, how'd you get a hold of Bill Clinton? We, I was asked by the families, both the families of the dead and injured, uh, known a lot of them, to go to a meeting with Clinton when mm -hmm. we discovered that we had this information. So in, in doing that, I brought it to the top. You know, I don't know what to tell you, but that's what you do when you're not getting any cooperation from anyone else. So, yeah, I provided an opportunity for Bill Clinton to do the right thing 
and instead uh, he betrayed the Columbine families. Yeah, we're you know it's it's no secret. That's what I'm hoping the Republican Party understands now is the truth is out. It's all over the internet. I don't do YouTube's, but obviously a lot of people have gained a lot of information from uh, the participation we have made because we're the victims of Columbine to try to get the truth out. And we've been successful. We've got, you know, Mark's uh, webmaster one time was saying, oh, five million hits or whatever on various YouTubes. And we have a lot of copycat people that have learned this, and they're putting out YouTubes, and I can take you around to all the people that know. But in this case, we have a Republican Party that's now thinking that they don't want to use this information against Bill Clinton. I've actually got this guy, Ted Harvey, Wait, 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 Ron, let's slow yes, down, sir. let's slow down, okay, go all over the place, webmasters, <laughs> I'm, politically there. I I'm a, all over the map, I know, I asked you a question about Clinton, next day, and I'm hearing about webmasters, <laughs> okay, listen, my friend, back to, because I got questions about the webmasters too and stuff, but back to Bill Clinton, how was it you got into the same room with Bill Clinton, and where was that room, where was that location, how did you get in the same it room was, with him, yeah, okay, it's at the Adams Mark Hotel, okay, there was actually, there was actually to, to let you know, this wasn't the quite the venue that I expected. It was a gala for the uh, Columbine victims to attend so that they could raise money for the memorial. Right. $250, $250 plate dinner. And the Columbine families were invited and also had a reception in a uh, private room, in which case only the families were invited, and I was Uncle Ron. Uh, and my only reason for being there was to do this at the request of the Columbine families and tell President Clinton that we had this most serious problem with having knowledge that this was about two boys who were provoked during the January incident. No, no, let me stop you right and there. So, how, how, long, yes, how much time did you spend there talking to Bill Clinton? Uh... It didn't take very long. I didn't uh, extend it because his answer to me was he was concerned, too, especially the fact that uh, this would have been a conflict of interest from the Jefferson County to be the ones to do the investigation. Yeah. And he gave me his card. He had a an aide of his uh, give me his card. And then he ends up uh, saying, get in touch with me. So. Quite obviously, I was thinking, yeah, we, I can send him a real big document file, and I couldn't get through to him when I tried to call his office. And uh, instead, I finally had to give up on that, and I faxed him everything I would have told him. So he did get a big file from me because I faxed it. So he's quite obviously one that has the knowledge that I'm trying to share with your readership okay. or your listening to now, um, obviously, by the way, too, obviously, this this was a serious conflict of interest, not just uh, by the the local sheriff's department, but also to the the FBI, because the, the the local FBI agent in charge, too, his son was part of that trench coat mafia group, and he was part of that video, uh, audio visual uh, uh, club, too. He was in the videos, uh, and also too, some some uh, children of uh, local sheriffs showed up, you know, later on that day and weren't camouflaged. There's a lot of stuff went on in this case. There's a lot of stuff was, was definitely covered up by these cops. There's no doubt about that. But but back to Bill Clinton. Now, just for a second, pretend I'm Bill Clinton, okay? And explain to me the way you explain to Bill Clinton what your theory of this case is. 
well, it's kind of hard to go back there. I actually, you know, before I presented it to him, I knew I wasn't going to have much time, so right. I was clear and to the point. And I said that we had a written motive that appears that these boys were angry about the January incident. And now we've discovered why they were angry, because of a picture that Harris drew that indicates he was a victim of pedophilia. And quite honestly, I... That's what I'm just sharing with you right now. How hard is that no, to understand? That's good. That's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> that you did it, man. Okay. Now, but so then Bill Clinton never got back to you. Now, a couple of questions for you. Well, you know what? Um, this might be a good time to take commercial break. Okay. This was a little bit longer. It's a four-minute break, and um, you, so you got time to get up and get a drink and stuff like that. So now, uh, if you don't make it back in time, don't worry. I'll fill in the time to you till we, uh, you, you come back online. You won't be able to hear the commercial. It'll just be silent on your end. I'll have you on mute. But it'll be exactly uh, 4 minutes and 58 seconds. Now, we'll be back with more of Ron Agner. And he's friends with um, Donna and Mark Taylor. And uh, their website is columbinefamilyrequest.org. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. And now a word from our sponsors. Did you know that 30% of all people on online dating websites and personal ads are either married or in a monogamous relationship? 30%. If you suspect that your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend may be cheating online, go to emailrevealer.com on uh, our online infidelity investigation. You give us their email address, and we could trace it back to online personal ads, dating sites, and social networks. We can even expand the investigation and find them uh, cheating on uh, escort service sites uh, or even porn sites if they're registered to porn sites and swinger sites. Uh, so check out emailrevealer.com if you suspect your spouse is cheating, and check out our online infidelity investigation. William Ramsey is a producer here at the Opperman Report, and he's just come out with a new book, Children of the Beast, Alistair Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. Now, he just sent me a copy of this book. Oh, boy, it's about two inches thick, and there's a chapter on just about everybody in this book uh, that you can imagine, uh, the Beatles and... Uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Parsons... Uh, everybody's in here. It's incredible. Uh, and I definitely recommend this book. There's a, a, a bunch of pictures in here, too, uh, of all these people in uh, different chapters and, and uh, information. Uh, Anton LaVey and people I've never heard of, too. There's a whole bunch in here. JC, JFC Fuller. I don't know who he is. Uh, but, but it's great stuff uh, by our, ho our, our producer here, uh, William Ramsey. So check out Children of the Beast, Alistair Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. Uh, you can find it on Amazon.com, or you can find it in the Opperman Report uh, .com bookstore. We have an urgent bulletin. Uh, it seems that the group Strawman is still on the loose. It has been confirmed that Strawman are, are Canadian, okay, and that. Uh, Authorities are asking people to stay indoors, 
lock your doors and windows until this group can be dealt with. You could find more information about this group, this group of Canadians, at strawmanmusic.com. You can have your ad played here. <laughs> okay. We're looking for sponsors. Okay, In fact, we desperately need sponsors right now to take this show to the next level. Uh, so you can have your advertise your ad uh, played here. Red Live, you know, like I'm doing now so artfully. Or we can even uh, work up a little jingle for you with some music and stuff like that and play it here. You have no idea how inexpensive it would be uh, to have your ad played on the Opperman Report on seven stations uh, live Friday night and another seven stations live on Saturday night, uh, plus replayed every day of the week on different stations and then archived on YouTube, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and all different kinds of podcasts, uh, Pod This and Pod Bean, all different kinds of places uh, who archive the show for us. Uh, and, and on those archives, uh, your, your ad would play indefinitely, forever. Uh, you also get a little uh, banner on OppermanReport.com. Uh, you get a mention on the air. You get a little interview on the air and all kinds of fun stuff. If you sponsor Opperman Report, we have an opportunity to get this show on a major AMFM station in California. We've been approved. Uh, so if you want to sponsor us into that, uh, so incredibly inexpensive that, that your ad would be heard uh, by a uh, the, the, the range covers 5 million people in population uh, where your ad would be broadcast and all these other uh, stations would be thrown in for free. Uh, so really uh, affordable prices to sponsor OppermanReport.com. Get a copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. You can get a copy of that book at EmailRevealer.com or you can get a copy of that book. Now it's back up on Amazon.com. How to Become a Successful Private Investigator by Ed Opperman. And this book has been updated a little bit from the previous book that we had uh, that was available to our wonderful listeners. Okay, welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, Private Investigator Ed Opperman. And don't forget our new sponsor, Subash Technosis. Uh, go to Facebook, uh, Subash Technosis there, and uh, give them a like to let them know that uh, we're aware of their company there. Uh, if you need any kind of press release or uh, search engine optimization, website design, uh, outsourcing, uh, customer service outsourcing, these guys will do it all for you. they got 250 people working for them over there in India. We're with Ron Agner. We're talking about the Columbine case. Uh, this kid, Mark Taylor, who was the first kid to be shot at Columbine, and then he, he went on to report that he saw shooters on the roof. Uh, he went on to report that uh, one of the police officers told him that uh, he, wasn't, he was ordered not to rescue him. A uh, kid wound up in a institutionalized and pretty much put through hell uh, for the last uh, whoa, 20, 20 some years. I think it was in 1993, something like that. Wasn't it around like uh, 1993 this happened? Ron? <laughs> Ron's, Ron's choking to death over here. Ron, can you hear me? Oh. Okay, hey Ron, hi, we're back. Um, I had John. I was on mute there for a second. Hey, um, Ron, what year was this? Nineteen ninety-three. When was this? The Columbine shooting was in nineteen ninety-three. Ninety-nine. Nineteen ninety-nine. Okay. Yeah. So this poor yeah. kid. This has been a long time. It's been about seventeen years of going through hell. Now, give me an idea. Some of the people you've contacted, besides Bill Clinton, 
uh, trying to get this story out. Oh, I could just spend hours just talking about that. You know, I just got done with the Michael Bennett. Um, a lot of the people that could have stood up uh, in the beginning, like Tancredo, uh, ever since then. Uh, he was a, a person that should have stood up back then when uh, we were trying to get the truth out. And, in fact, uh, all of these people uh, somehow... I, <laughs> At this point, what have they done? Sold their soul to the devil? I don't understand this. How did you get in touch uh, with the camp? What's that? How did you get in contact with the camp? The camp was in the uh, story long before I was. So he ended up uh, uh, simply uh, uh, representing Mark during the Solve Pharmaceutical trial. And in doing that, he had the opportunity to go into the files that have been secret, these basement tapes. Now, the basement tapes themselves were on the front page of Time magazine, so it's nobody's secret that they existed, and they've tried to keep these files uh, secret ever since. Uh, they've, uh, uh, I, I can send you the articles that they've destroyed these files. They didn't get them all. That's what I'm trying to share with you. We have the depositions of the killer's parents, the Harris parents. We got them from John DeCamp. They didn't get his files when they ransacked his office for them. So we have these files, and we presently are trying to give these files to uh, Julia Hayden, who is a uh, investigative reporter for Fox News, who we already have on our website. Uh, seeing, looking at that picture, everyone on that uh, uh, talk show is talking about that picture, and they all agree that it looks like a child being molested by a cop. So I've actually offered her the 16,000 pages in my last uh, uh, emails to her. I had a conversation with her. And she has yet to uh, contact me back to uh, accept my gift of these uh, documents. So they don't want to know. Well, let me ask you a question. And what would you do? You would actually send the originals or you want to send copies? You know, I can send, actually, just by linking to this uh, uh, email exchange, I've started off with Julia Hayden. Uh, you, you can see right there that as we speak, we have mainstream media who refuse to accept our information. Right. But I'm and asking, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. But let's say, let's say she was to accept your information. Would you make copies of this and ship it to her, or would you send her the originals? Oh, they, they wouldn't have to send a courier up. I would actually bring them down to them. And obviously we have put these out all over the place. Right. We even had a conversation about them, in which case I said I haven't released them publicly because they have uh, some areas in them that would probably violate the HIPAA law. So, you know, I don't know the requirements there to separate the documents out from the ones that may be related to someone's privacy. Well, now, now one anyway, more time. I'm, I'm just stating that's right. where I've been with this woman, and quite honestly, she agrees that that picture looks like she even, this is quoting her, she says, oh, well, that gets the um, uh, weight off of the kids at Columbine and puts it squarely on the shoulders of law enforcement. Now, it's quoting her. Right. But now, Ron, the question... Yeah, that's, and that's where they need to be. The, yeah. the question I'm asking you is... Yes, sir. If you were to ship these documents would you send the originals or would you send copies no we made a lot of copies and we've distributed them to where they'll never get all the copies obviously um that's because 
to it, make copies. It took a lot of work to go to the uh, camp's office and pick them up and then take right. them back and run them through a printer or a uh, scanner and then bring them back to uh, John DeCamp's office. So, yeah, there we put a lot of effort into saving those. Right, because 60, you know, I've been involved in big cases, and I know to make copies, 16,000 copies, it costs a lot of money. Okay, it's going to cost thousands of dollars. Okay. They tried to uh, keep the first 11,000 pages yeah. uh, by introducing them in boxes without indexes or anything. And uh, it was me and a Columbine parent, uh, Steve Schweitzberger, who took those down and ran them at a Kinko's and had to pay for the 600 and some dollars, I guess, for the files and yeah. other, you know, I guess it was uh, $1,100 okay. to have them copied. It was a penny a copy. Right. I'm just saying, yeah, we've had to uh, stay right on them, and we have the truth. Uh, actually did our um, investigation in the way they were saying at the time was what the computer was meant for. And right. we were doing it on a CRTF website. Okay. Research Task Force. Okay. If you want to send them to me, okay, I've, I've testified before sure. Congress. I'm kind of a well-known guy. <laughs> you can send them to me if you want, okay? And I'd like to take a look at all this stuff. If you have the funds to, to send me these documents, I would love to sit through here and, and go through the whole thing. And perhaps put together a one sheet for you that you can spread around and get through to some people. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying for somebody that's in your background? Uh, we've done most of the work for you. All we need you to do is just uh, review what we've done. You, you really quite need honestly, to... it's going to set you on your ear when you discover some of the rabbit holes we've been in. Yeah, you need a couple and of summary reports of all this. We start off yeah. with uh, Columbine. Then we end up with child traffickers who murdered people. You know what I'm saying? I've got a lot of these right in our own neighborhood. We have a serious problem with the children reaching out to us. We have them setting fire to themselves, okay. jumping out of cars, you know, the, the the things that you don't want to have, which makes you think maybe we need to do something in the area of protecting children. Okay, okay. But back, so, back, back to this one second. Now, now when you sent me the, the email, you mentioned a couple of names in the email, right? One was David Scherter. How does he fit into this? Uh, I was invited to go on a lecture tour um, uh, at the same time we were meeting with John DeCamp at his office and uh, was invited actually into David's home. Uh, I, I sat through an interview. Uh, Doug Millar had interviewed uh, he and his sister and just being, you know, looking into their eyes and trying to, you know, could this be some kind of a scam? You know, you're hearing these things that are so outrageous. No, they, uh, he took us to a, a park, in which case they were uh, doing their sacrifices. It was quite uh, chilling to have that type of uh, uh, people that we exist around uh, exposed. And uh, yeah, yeah, David Shirt has, has, David Shirt has been on the show. He's the author of Rabbit Hole: Satanic Ritual Abuse Survivor Story. Now, right, I have his book. He actually gave me a copy, signed it. Okay, great. Now, what? Uh, so, so that was your contact with David Shirter that you met him, and but basically that was so that Doug Millar. That was that was the first time Doug Millar met David. I don't know how they got um, to know each other. Okay. Um, now, it, it's all surrounding the uh, uh, Franklin cover-up and the Omaha. Um, right. Even uh, goes into um, the child trafficking of the Marine um, Gosh story. I've talked to her. Uh, actually, he says some uh, things about Marine, I think, that doesn't 
that don't uh, work well with the rest of the people that know this stuff. So I don't know what that's about. But uh, okay. But honestly, um, you know, we're dealing with uh, the same issue of uh, sexually abused children, and uh, and obviously it goes right back to the White House again. Okay. Because here we are dealing with the same issue that the Franklin cover-up was dealing with. And when it comes to Bill Clinton, don't you think we're tired of the children being used in their political games and the way they control each other? Okay, now you also sent me the name Conchita Sarnoff, uh, who's the author, author of the book Trafficking. Now, how does she fit into all this story? I simply learned about her on your website, so I was quite fascinated to uh, hear what she had to say about the same subject. And I was hoping maybe that we could talk. Uh, haven't gotten a conversation with others that uh, can see it uh, in such a clear manner that we have a real, real pro big problem about pedophiles in high places. Now, here we are just, you know, we came into this simply wondering uh, how many crosses that we were going to put right. uh, to rep. Yeah. And well, now well, what have we done? We've been down too many rabbit holes to uh, forget what we've learned. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Now, when you sent me the email, it, it sort of looked to me like you were saying, hey, David Schroeder and Conchita Sarnoff are references that you can contact about my story. Now, you're saying, though, that it was prior to that you had seen the name Conchita Sarnoff on my website, and that's why you mentioned her? I surely did. I don't know how that got misinterpreted. I'd have to look and see what, how that happened. But, okay. no, I just simply was thinking that she and I could probably see eye to eye on a lot of these issues because she was quite knowledgeable about this type of a conduct. And that's really, um, I go into that area when uh, we talk about Judy Chase. So just in case somebody wants to write this down, just write in Judy Chase's Amber Alert. You could even type in, if you go to our Columbine website, she has a uh, uh, link to her case, in which case it gets even worse because she actually had a husband murdered satanically while when he was able to uncover a child trafficking ring and quite honestly that oh. indicates that we had an issue with inside people and in Jefferson County government that was involved in child trafficking okay Ted but Gunderson was, wait, 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 was in hold on, hold case on. but there's nothing involving uh, Dylan Klebold and uh, Mark with with Satanism correct is there uh the only connection we see between all the there's three cases that suddenly we're starting to see a calling card, in which case they left a fish carcass out in uh, Donna's uh, yard, so she was finding these fish carcasses, dead animals. They found uh, animal carcasses in Judy Chase's yard, and they also found animal carcasses in the um, John Benny Ramsey's yard. So we had this satanic kind of a uh, cult of some sort uh, passing out calling cards. Okay. Now, you, you also mentioned to me, too, that you had some people that were going to contact Trump in the Trump campaign that were going to talk to Trump for you. Uh, what, what's behind that? What's we're just hoping to get our information out to uh, at least focus on Bill Clinton's conduct. In which case, the fact that he's a pedophile, 
now makes us understand where he was coming from when he didn't do the proper thing and he betrayed us. So in this case, you know, a person's conduct in their single life, or not single life, but their sexual life, ends up being uh, contrary to what your agenda is when their agenda is to, to be a pedophile and to cover up pedophilia. And you've gone to this public official that you're thinking uh, would be more responsible than that when he sees it squarely that that's what provoked the Columbine shooters. Oh, and, okay. Uh, but, but you thought you would find we, a haven there with, with Donald Trump, who, who's best friends with Jeffrey Epstein for 15 years, and uh, they partied together, and, and, and the, one of Epstein's main victims worked for Trump, and Trump is in this lawsuit right now in New York State where, where he's accused of raping a 13-year-old. You thought that Trump would be a, a, um, a haven there for that information? Well, in that case, we don't know anything about the 13-year-old yet. Sounds like it could be, just could be some kind of retaliation because that's what they do. They actually, uh, at one point, tried to accuse John DeCamp of right. pedophilia. I mean, that's how they do these kind of things. Uh, let's just see where that comes out. Let's see what these, you know, this 13-year-old might be just another one of those uh people trying to gain fame or whatever well no she's definitely uh, definitely not trying to gain fame if anything she's been hiding and it's been threatened her life's been threatened she's well, got a restraining order against trump right now and, and also too I'm just, i'll yeah. go by what uh uh conchita is that her name sarnoff says and she said that she hasn't really uncovered anything that connects trump to it so i was thinking well, that was uh, probably good. I have. Obviously, okay. I, you could Google if, if, in fact, they prove that Donald Trump, yeah. uh, you know, is uh, involved again. Well, guess what? We've been there before. Everybody we've gone to so far has been a friggin' pedophile. Right. Well, I can tell you this. You know, I, I do a lot of stuff with the tabloids. You know, and I know for a fact uh, from one of my attorneys, I was involved in another big case with that. Uh, there's there's other women that are coming forward. Uh, mentioning Trump and have pictures inside Trump's plane, have pictures inside Epstein's plane, and uh, but they're going through the Inquirer and Radar Online, and it's getting caught there. It's being stopped there. It's being silenced at that point. So, I'm I'm convinced. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I mean, let's just make the whole subject. Why is it that all these people that are uh, these elitists think that that's some kind of privilege they have? Mm -hmm. I just don't understand how America can elect people into high position that don't have any moral compass. I want to ask you, you know, about... Isn't the last thing you want is somebody that can be compromised by their conduct? Yeah, well, it seems that the blackmail is an ingredient here, too, as well. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, um, you mentioned before copycat websites, right? In all this controversy with um, uh, Columbine, are you familiar with the name Justin Tribble? Yeah, he was actually, I believe, the... Um, webmaster for the Columbine um, uh, CRTF website at one point. Okay. So what can you tell me about Justin Tribble? Don't know a whole lot about him. He kind of stayed out of the uh, mainstream. Uh, never really did much in the way of uh, bringing out new information. Uh, much of that website were people that uh, didn't live around here. Uh, we even had Long before they have trolls, <laughs> we didn't know what trolls were. Uh, we had people that were involved in the middle of that website trying to disrupt everything. Uh, if you, you know, just do a little investigation, you'll see towards the end there, um, 
we're trying to focus on this picture and the fact that it's in a, uh, a file. Uh, I hate to even share with you because I already got jumped on about the name of this file, but it is important. Can I spell it? <laughs> no, we, we can't. You know, I, I apologize, but we can't. Listen, if you do, no one's well, going to hear. If, if you do, no one's going to hear the show. Okay, that's all I can tell you. No one will hear the show. <laughs> it's not that. It, it's not a, a word well, that would probably be thought of as a common word. Let it's me ask just you a question. What it is. Are, are you aware? Yes, sir. You, you mentioned that there was trolls and stuff like that, and Justin Tribble. Are you aware of Justin Tribble's history now? That he's you know, doing all these hoaxes and and uh, Bill, Dr. Bill Weld and, and Joel Olstein hoaxes and stuff that he does. I haven't followed him at all. I okay. would have to say I would. I, I kind of questioned him back in the day. I I don't know much about these people. Right. We <laughs> just we just use that to facilitate our investigation. And uh, yeah, can I tell you that uh, all these people that have write, written the books like Columbine, yeah, he names the book Columbine. Yeah. Uh, gets support from the National Geographic Society to do a, a documentary called. Columbine, the final report. This guy's name is Dave Cullen, and he's an FBI publicist. He works for Salon, and, you know, as we speak, uh, Salon is trying to promote uh, pedophilia as a uh, sexual orientation. Right. Already the American uh, psychiatric. And, and let me explain to you that I don't know much about psychiatry, but I know they're not going to change any angry father's mind when he grabs a pedophile and strangles him. So let me ask a you question. The, the, yeah, that kind of change anything, is it? The, the fact that um, this man, Mr. Cohen, oh, is an FBI, has an FBI connection, that, that disturbs you? There's uh, FBI connections all through this. Oh, no, my, my question, no, wait, wait, I'm asking, Ron, come on, please, I'm asking you a specific question. The, the, the fact yes, that sir? this guy, Cohen, has an FBI connection, does that disturb you, yes or no? I would uh, love to uh, sit down with the FBI, with them across the table, okay. and talk to me as a responsible adult. One more time. My question is, does that disturb you? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. It okay. disturbs me that uh, the whole thing is being covered then up. Then I have another honestly, question. Ron, their false narrative needs to be corrected. We understand that. Yeah. But I have another question for you. What if someone involved in this had a Mossad connection? Would that disturb you? Yeah. It would disturb me if we have anyone of any connection, whether they be in a secret society or whatever, that they wouldn't put their children first to protect them. And I would have to say a normal society would want to protect children that are being sexually abused. So I don't okay. see any downside to it. All right. Let's look, okay, we only got a couple of minutes left. What, what would you like to leave us with in this story? Uh, to uh, just release my friend Mark Taylor and get help for his mother. We're the Columbine victims that have been mistreated because we have knowledge. So I just hope to be able to share more of this knowledge. It has several different place, ways that it can uh, uh, manifest itself into learning about these people that seem to think that uh, we're their slaves. And quite honestly, I'm tired of being their slave, so I'm simply going to leave. And I'd like to have Mark Taylor so we can get some help for him. And, and you can't right now get uh, permission to take him out of the country? Why, why not? He's under control of the state. Yeah, he's not his own free person like he was born to be. 
they try to make an, a ward of the state in Arizona. You know what that means? It means if you try to even find out where he is, he doesn't exist. So, but so they're they're saying that he's he's a, a danger to himself or a danger to others, and that's why he needs no, to be committed. No, he's never been a danger to anyone. I don't think anybody's ever accused him of that. Then, then what are the grounds that they're keeping him? Do you know what the, what, what reason they give? He's a whistleblower. Right. That's, okay. that's what they. The that's, grounds that they just decided to okay. take him and silence him, same All as right. they done his mother, same as they're trying to do to me. Okay, Ron. Thank you so much. Okay, my friend. Uh, if, right. if anything sure, new comes up, guys. shoot me an email. Right. Okay. I'll send you another uh, line of emails. Okay. Anything else that comes up, something new, send me an email. Thank you, Ron Agner. Okay. All right. I don't earn my living around here, guys. Okay. So, the website is columbinefamilyrequest.org, and that's Ron Agner. Um, he's got a lot of information, you know, and I wish I can get out of him. Uh, we'll take a little commercial break here. Uh, don't forget our new uh, sponsor, Subash Technosis. That's uh, S-U-B-A-S-H-T-E-C-H-N-O-S-I-S, and go to their Facebook page and shoot them a like for me, please. And... Uh, need any kind of services from all kind of different stuff they do uh, uh, website design search engine optimization press releases data entry uh, customer service they can you can forward all your courses to them and have them uh, you know you think you can't afford that kind of stuff but I'm telling you Subash is the kind of guy you can work out a deal with him everybody who knows me knows I'm always negotiate I'm always trying to cut a deal I'm always trying to get the best deal I can possibly get you know but good good quality service you know I don't get ripped off Subash Technosis. Check these guys out. We'll be right back after this. And now a word from our sponsors. Did you know that 30% of all people on online dating websites and personal ads are either married or in a monogamous relationship? 30%. If you suspect that your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend may be cheating online, go to emailrevealer.com on uh, our online infidelity investigation. You give us their email address, and we can trace it back to online personal ads, dating sites, and social networks. We can even expand the investigation and find them uh, cheating on uh, escort service sites uh, or even porn sites if they're registered to porn sites and swinger sites. Uh, so check out emailrevealer.com if you suspect your spouse is cheating and check out our online infidelity investigation. William Ramsey is a producer here at the Opperman Report and he's just come out with a new book, Children of the Beast, Alistair Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. Now he just sent me a copy of this book. Oh boy, it's about two inches thick and there's a chapter on just about everybody in this book uh, that you can imagine. Uh, the Beatles, and, uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Parsons, uh, everybody's in here. It's incredible. Uh, and I definitely recommend this book. There's a, a, a bunch of pictures in here, too, uh, of all these people in uh, different chapters and, and uh, information. Uh, Anson LaVey and People I've never heard of, too. There's a whole bunch in here. JC, JFC Fuller. I don't know who he is. Uh, but, but it's great stuff uh, by our, ho our, our producer here, uh, William Ramsey. So check out Children of the Beast, 
Alistair Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. Uh, you can find it on Amazon.com, or you could find it in the Opperman Report uh, .com bookstore. We have an urgent bulletin. Uh, it seems that the group Strawman is still on the loose. It has been confirmed that Strawman are, are Canadian, okay, and that uh, authorities are asking people to stay indoors, lock your doors and windows until this group can be dealt with. You could find more information about this group, this group of Canadians, at strawmanmusic.com. You can have your ad played here. <laughs> okay. We're looking for sponsors. Okay, In fact, we desperately need sponsors right now to take this show to the next level. Uh, so you can have your advertise, your ad uh, played here. Red Live, you know, like I'm doing now so artfully. Or we can even uh, work up a little jingle for you with some music and stuff like that and play it here. You have no idea how inexpensive it would be uh, to have your ad played on the Opperman Report on seven stations. Uh, live Friday night and another seven stations live on Saturday night, uh, plus replayed every day of the week on different stations and then archived on YouTube, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and all different kinds of podcasts, uh, Pod This and Pod Bean, all different kinds of places uh, who archive the show for us. Uh, and, and on those archives, uh, your, your ad would play indefinitely, forever. Uh, you also get a little uh, banner on OppermanReport.com. Uh, you get a mention on the air. You get a little interview on the air and all kinds of fun stuff. If you sponsor Opperman Report, we have an opportunity to get this show on a major AMFM station in California. We've been approved. Uh, so if you want to sponsor us into that, uh, so incredibly inexpensive that, that your ad would be heard uh, by a uh, the, the, the range covers 5 million people in population uh, where your ad would be broadcast and all these other uh, stations would be thrown in for free. Uh, so really uh, affordable prices to sponsor OppermanReport.com. Get a copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. You can get a copy of that book at EmailRevealer.com or you can get a copy of that book now. It's back up on Amazon.com. How to Become a Successful Private Investigator by Ed Opperman. And this book has been updated a little bit from the previous book that we had uh, that was available to our wonderful listeners. Okay, welcome back. We are joined by Melissa Freya Score. Now, um, I first met Melissa way back, I think the, what she, you know, in fact, I was talking to her the other day, she said the first time I, uh, I saw her was at the, the debate, uh, when we had a big rally at the debate, uh, but the first time I remember meeting her was um, when we had the, the, we're doing the, getting signatures for Jill Stein, to get Jill Stein on the ballot here in Nevada, and I ran into, she was one of the first persons I ever asked for signatures, as a matter of fact, and uh, I met her there, and then I started seeing all these different Bernie events, and Black Lives Matter, and then the one I remember most, I didn't mention this last time we talked, but the one I remember the most was when we went to an event, was we were going to chain ourselves to the FBI headquarters. <laughs> we were going we right? we to have a sit-in at yeah. FBI headquarters, and Melissa shows up. We were all wearing orange jumpsuits, okay? Victoria was actually in an orange jumpsuit, and all the people had orange jumpsuits. 
And Melissa, this poor kid, was also wearing a, a rubber Hillary mask over her head at 110 degrees. And I got to take my hat off to you, Melissa. You really, how did it feel under that mask? It, it felt wonderful, as you can imagine. <laughs> you know, uh, it was the point, you know. It was, it was just a funny thing. Now I don't know what to do with my Hillary mask. Well, Maybe for what? I can be here the, for the next, like, five years, oh. like, for Halloween or something, get some shackles and... You know what, man? Hopefully, in a couple of months, we just throw it away and we'll never have to think of it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, mm. that would be great too. But well, Melissa, what what made you get active here in, in Nevada, local Las Vegas, or all, all your activities and stuff? What happened? Um. Well, you know, I, I kind of had a not so great experience at my caucus, and you know, I kind of, you know, got got a little feeling of, you know, the corruption in, you know, locally in our events and stuff. Um, you know, I, I've heard of it, but I didn't really believe it until I saw it. And I never really realized, you know, how oh, crazy it's been. <laughs> so, you know, I, I started going to an event, volunteering. So that was kind of uh, how I started. Well, well, before you, uh, and I, I want to mention too, the reason why I asked you to come on the show and start doing this segment is because just over the course of this summer, I've watched you get more and more active and more and more high profile. And at the last event we did, um, out there in 120 degrees at Fremont Street, <laughs> <laughs> people don't understand how hot it is, you know? Yeah. But, but the last event we did on Fremont Street, uh, Melissa took the, the megaphone and she was leading the chants up and down. She, uh, at one point, uh, she beat this, this, cop off his horse she knocked him off the horse with it with <laughs> yeah <laughs> no not really but melissa's really she's really taking charge and, and leading uh, stuff here so but what happened at the caucus that you found to be so uh, corrupt well um in my group there was about like 10 Bernie supporters and maybe like eight Hillary supporters, but we also had like five undecided people. Now we had three observers, but they're supposed to be neutral according, you know, to anything involved with, you know, the Democrats. Um, they're not supposed to show their party affiliation. Right. And all of them were wearing, you know, I'm with her shirts and like buttons and stuff. And, you know, I, I was kind of like, oh, I thought they weren't supposed to do that because I have done like volunteering and stuff. And they say, don't, you know, wear your shirts, don't do this. And they were. Now, we each got, you know, our time um, to talk to the undecided people and try to somewhat, you know, convince them. Now, um, we were talking and, you know, we were practically just reading off Bernie's platform, you know, what he stands for. And, you know, we had some of the Hillary people stand up and um, they were saying that they needed to have a woman, you know, president. And, you know, it's very important where we should have had one like 10 years ago. And, you know, that that was kind of weird because you shouldn't just vote for someone just because they're a woman. And that was kind of like shocking to me because this was the, the only reason this woman gave to vote for Hillary is because she's a woman. We need the right woman if we, you know, have a woman for president, for a president. And I mean, it's it's yep. kind of shocking. And 
there was this other like older lady and she stood up and she's like, well, it's a proven fact that women are better with money. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, is this like, you know, it's a serious. And then the observers, they start talking to the Hillary people and, you know, kind of guiding them what to say to us. And, you know, the, I was a captain there and the other guy that was a captain, uh, he was, you know, he was talking to them like, oh, hey, you guys are supposed to be, you know, neutral. You're not supposed to, you know, do this. And they were, they just walked over to their group and they all just kind of like sat there and stuff and um, was practically saying, you know, how ridiculous we were being and, you know, um, all this other stuff and just kind of coaching them. And keep in mind, they're just supposed to be sitting there counting the votes, you know. So that was kind of weird to me. You know, we actually had um, the Hillary side had in, in my precinct, the Hillary side had two precinct captains in the room. Yeah. Which is totally uh, unlawful. It's against the rules, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, now, what about at the end when it was time to count uh, elect delegates? Was there any problem with that? Because in my room, they didn't even know that they were supposed to collect those little yellow pieces of paper. You know, yeah, they literally okay. didn't know anything about it, and it was like weird. You know, it's it's kind of bizarre because you know they're literally reading the rule book as they're going along, and they didn't know how to do the delegate math. They didn't know how to you know do any of this stuff. And I'm showing them, and you know, I'm I'm arguing his math, and I'm going up on the whiteboard in one of the classrooms that I went to, like in basic. I'm writing on the whiteboard the math and how you're supposed to do it now this guy he's arguing with me and stuff and um and he was doing his math wrong and um i it it was like an equal and it ended up being like an equal like delegate thing i think we had like maybe one more um than them but it was it was just kind of the point i'm like oh well you know who agrees with this you know who you can see you know i'm doing this correctly and stuff and it was just kind of like bizarre like they it was no there was no like organization at all and they had no clue what they were doing so okay let me ask you this now when you went for your caucus training you went to through bernie headquarters or you went through the democratic one uh i went through the bernie headquarters i just remembered when you were talking about this about the part about the delegate math okay because me and victoria first we went to the we went to nacho daddy to the democratic meeting they have like once a month and they, yeah. and we went to their um, caucus training. And I remember when they were getting to the part about all that math, I says, whoa, wait, this is complicated. I says, wait a second. And I raised my hand, and they weren't taking my question. So, you know, I got a little more aggressive. And I says, listen, hey, you know, this part with the math there, is there going to be like a third party there to, uh, you know, verify this math and check check the math to make sure it's correct? Because this sounds really complicated. And, yeah. and they're all DNC people, so they're all Hillary people. Oh yeah, don't worry about a thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> you can rely on me. Like, no, yeah. that's that's not how any of this works. Like, how stupid were we back then? You know, we went to one of the Bernie trainings too, and it, it wasn't much better. Hey, what about now? I've had a couple of guests on the show, uh, Nico House and Joe Sacco, uh, talking about. And Nico House came up with the stuff about how the. Uh, the Hillary people were infiltrating the Bernie campaign. Did you notice anything like that? Um, well, I mean, I, 
I kind of like right when the caucus started, that's when I started getting more involved about it. Um, I, I didn't really, you know, notice anything other than the caucus. And that's when I like realized, you know, there was corruption in it. And, you know, I never thought that it would get to this point where we are today. Yeah. But I mean, it's I haven't really noticed anything other than you know that kind of stuff it was just weird because they had three people there that were supposed to be observers and that's what their title was you know in the room was observers and they're over there you know talking to the people and coaching them what to say to the people that are you know doing this and the guy was just a complete like tard he was like i don't know he didn't know anything about it like at all and so, like, we're I'm like pointing out rule, like the rule book and stuff, and I'm like I'm teaching him about it, and it's like you know I barely even knew anything myself, you know. So, it was just weird, and I had a few we had a few people go up there and do the math because you know he had no clue what he was doing. He said he got his credentials like literally right before it started or whatever because they were short people, which doesn't really make sense to me. No, that makes sense. Because what I found out too is, is like all these volunteers, quote unquote, for the DNC. Yeah. What it is is, you you know how they have these lobbyists that pay off the politicians, you know, and give you know trips and donations stuff like that. But these lobbyists also too, they have employees. These big companies, they have employees that they send to volunteer at DNC to, to fill those positions. That's how they mm-hmm. control all this stuff. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I can see it. Um, yeah. It's just. Well, know, we're fighting back now, right? Let's not get discouraged. We're fighting back. Melissa's leading the charge here. Melissa Freya score. <laughs> <laughs> you need a new megaphone, too. By the way, we should uh, set up a GoFundMe for some really good sound equipment for these uh, street actions we've been doing. Um, yes. Now, what's coming up next? I know we got a big thing coming up August 24th. Uh, what, what's that? Um, well, Bernie is, you know, um, I don't know if everyone's aware, but he's continuing his revolution and he has this new thing called Our Revolution. Now, he's going to be speaking to us and, you know, um, he's practically, um, now he's for Our Revolution, he's practically saying that we need to focus on our local, like, school districts, you know, Congress, everything, like, locally. Because, you know, the president, I mean, they don't take as much charge as that, you know, our people fighting for, you know, our state locally. So he's having a little uh, live stream on the 24th at six o'clock. Um, you can go on GoBernieSanders.com and you can sign up to host an event um, where you just have people, you know, come together because it's it's nice when people you see all of the support and you know it's it's been a hard hard fight um everyone's been a little bit emotional but it's nice to have the support group and you guys can you know kind of talk about what you guys can do and maybe come up with you know some events um but they're looking for a like venue um they're going to have um maybe 150 people to 300 people and they wanted to set up an official Bernie event where you know they're going to set up a projector and we can all you know watch the thing together locally um they haven't found a venue yet um they're trying to find something that's 
you know, around $200 with, you know, Wi-Fi access and power, you know, access. And... Oh, okay, now that that's here locally in Las Vegas, Nevada, that we're looking for uh, a, a, this, this group, the B people, right? Um, yes. Are, are looking for a group. It's it's this group, of, we're all Bs, and we're going to, like, I don't know. Explain, can you explain that, what the Bs are? Um, okay, <laughs> well, what it practically is, is, you know, one B alone, you know, they can go out, you know, um, they can chase after somebody, but when they come together, um, it's a lot stronger and people are a lot more afraid. So it's practically saying, you know, we're, if we stand together, we're stronger together. Um, just like it's not going to work one person fighting. So, right. Just like when Winnie the Pooh would go to steal the honey and all the bees would get him just like that. Yeah. Now, what we're going to do is now, so here in Vegas, we need a, a, a we want to put on a big event and host it at a, at a, at a location. And yes. I know I did one when I, when I moderated the sheriff's debate, we had a really good spot there. I got to contact those people. But um, now, but all across the country, you can sign up at GoBernie.com. And if you just want to host something in your house and just meet a lot yeah. of cool people, because Bernie people, you got to meet, admit, they're, they're really cool people. Yeah, they're you like know? the best people out there. You know, every Bernie supporter I talk to, I just have an automatic, you know, connection. You know, yeah, and it's so smart. Because usually, if you're standing behind Bernie, you know, it's you're pretty good people for you know all the stuff he supports. And and, and they usually they they usually get carrying something at the they're holding something at four twenty, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not me. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. Uh, now, what's going on right now today? People are going to miss it. It's already too late. But there's an event right now in town with uh, Jill Stein. What's going on with that? Oh, um, yeah. There's a uh, event. You know, it starts at 2. Um, I think that there's a live stream, you know, on something. I'm sure there is. Um, but it's practically uh, Bill Clinton's going to be there. Um, Jill Stein, most importantly. Um, <laughs> but... They're, they're just kind of, you know, speaking and getting their, you know, platforms out. And yeah, it's Gary Webb, too. And what they're, they're speaking in front of the Asian uh, reporters organization. Asian and Pacific Islanders have their own news media. And uh, that's news reporters and stuff for that. I could have got into that. Um, in the future, too, we got to work on something, too. Get you some kind of press credentials. Get you into these kind of places. Maybe you can uh, do some on-the-spot uh, recording for us when I can't get out there. Because I had a wonderful interview. Everybody heard the interview I just did with the wonderful Ron Agner <laughs> before this. <laughs> I'm still trying to recover. Thank God Melissa was here to bail me out. Um, so what else is going on uh, locally coming up? Do you know? Um, well, currently it's just the our, you know, revolution because they're just kind of, this is like our base and starting point. Um, everyone's welcome to open you know ideas but we're gonna try to volunteer locally like do phone banking canvassing mm. you know uh registering people to vote because you know at this point we need to focus on you know our our area um yeah like ruben de silva right you're supporting ruben de silva yeah. locally here yeah i'm trying to get him on the show hey by the way too uh there's a very good chance i'm gonna get jill stein on the show uh, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim over there uh, at the because uh, you know we did all that work uh, getting him on the ballot, getting Jill Stein on the ballot. Now, now let me ask you a question too. Now, now the last time we talked, you were starting to organize a Black Lives Matter event, right? Yes. Now let me ask you a question. Now, are you aware that many people think 
that George Soros donated, some people say 30 million, 33 million, and there's even some news articles out there that say $303 million to Black Lives Matter. Now, when you were going to organize your Black Lives Matter event, what was your budget for that? How much did George Soros uh, donate to you for that, Melissa? Um, they really <laughs> didn't give us anything. Not even to your Swiss account, with your, your Black Lives Matter Swiss bank account, you didn't get any money there. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we didn't. We didn't get one thing. Um, you know, it was all um, just organized ourselves. Um, and um, now yeah, I've never received. We've never received <laughs> any type of support whatsoever. You, so you, you I call some BS on that. <laughs> you had a fifteen dollar megaphone, <laughs> which yeah. didn't even work. We have that same. Yeah. That's a toy megaphone. We have the same one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, um, right. yeah. So now all the Black Lives Matter events, man. No one's getting any money. You know, there's no uh, out of state direction on these things, is there? No, there's there's nothing. Uh, it's all you know. We we practically everyone just said, oh, bring a case of water. You know, we haven't <laughs> gotten anything to help, you know, support us. Or direction, right? We're not getting outside uh, direction to, to any, any of these events? No. It, it's no, all grassroots, all. right? And you're in touch with the same people I am, right? So it's not like there's something secret going on that we don't know. No, it's, you know, and I, I'm part of multiple groups, too. And, you know, we haven't had any, you know, support from anybody except for, you know, our volunteers that come out and help us. So... It's yeah. all been a volunteer basis, so. And always good people. There's never been any, well, we had a couple of arrests at that night because some guys didn't cross the street fast enough. Is that what happened? Um, no, that's, we had uh, someone, you're talking about the Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. Okay, so we, yeah, we had someone under the influence. Um, so it was practically like public intoxication. Okay. Someone got arrested for because in like an open container and stuff um but there were people you know that weren't from black lives matter there they were more like anarchists um you know just trying to start um you know things um it got out of control for a little bit but you know we we got it back on track and we were they but those people left um but yeah, there was people throwing like water bottles at the cops from them. Mm -hmm. um, they were a whole nother group that had no like affiliation to us at all, but they came and kind of bomb raided the the event. Um, so because there was a lot of people there, now, was that on the strip? People upset. Um, no, that was on uh, by the Martin Luther okay. King Jr. Um, little statue type deal. Yeah, I know on that, that intersection. Yeah. Now, um, because uh, cause here in Vegas on the Strip, you're allowed to, well, you, I don't know if you're allowed to, but everyone walks up and that Strip with open containers. Uh, yeah. And galore. Yeah. Um, I th think that's technically, you know, Vegas still over there. But, um, yeah, he got in trouble. You know, I, I talked to him after and stuff, and this guy got in trouble for drinking and stuff. Oh, you knew the guy? Yeah. Well, I, I friended him after everything okay. happened. <laughs> okay so that's a good guy i wasn't sure i thought i thought it was something else but apparently you know not so i had really nothing to do with the protests so so now what's the plan now so now are you going to support jill stein is that what you're going to do um yeah i think that's our you know best option right now because jill stein has the same platform as bernie 
and you know i'm i'm not gonna vote over like lesser of evils and you know who's who's worse because in my eyes they're practically you know the same um hillary does you know have more open like social issues but i feel like she's just doing it she's telling the crowd you know what they want to hear it's not about you know anyone else it's you know she's she'll do anything she possibly can to get in there you know i did two really uh important shows one with the charles ortel who did his investigation into the clinton foundation and mm-hmm. another one is with attorney alice backer who's from haiti and both of them talked about how the clinton foundation and the clintons have stolen every penny from haiti and the clintons yeah. are actually there they're the funnel all the money that gets donated to these earthquake victims in haiti goes through the clintons because uh, they're, yeah. they're on that board down there, the IHRC, which is, uh, coincidentally, Hillary Rodham Clinton. It's her initials. You know, what, what a coincidence that is. And all the money goes to her. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can't make this up. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. <laughs> they're stealing from earthquake victims. How, yeah, like, yeah. how low in life can you be? Really? It's, like, it's worse than taking candy from a baby. Like, these people are, you know, losing their homes and... Um, you know, they, they don't have safe water, you know, to drink. There's all, all this pollution going on there. And, you know, there's some horrible things going on there. And people are getting really sick because, you know, all of their stuff is, you know, messed up there from all the earthquakes. They don't have proper care. They don't have housing. And, you know, to be that low in life that you could take that away from somebody, um, when people are thinking here, we're helping them out right. and it's practically going in her pocket well, and she decides what she gets to do with it. it so it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's unbelievable. This is a poor country to begin with and nothing's been done since the earthquake. There's still sporadic electricity. Yeah. And, and when you drive from the airport down to these towns, there's still rubble on both sides of, of, the, of the road. This oh, is yeah. five, six years later. Also, too, Alice Backer talked about how uh, years ago when, when the Clintons, you know, overthrew the government and stuff down there, and then they made them, they weren't allowed to grow their own, I think it was rice, don't quote me on it, but, and they had to import rice from Arkansas, from Bill's yeah. friends. It, and then Hillary's brother has a, a mining operation down there. He owns a mine, mining all the minerals and gold and stuff like that from Haiti. Yeah. It, it, you can't get worse than, than this. Yeah, like how low in life do you need to be? Like you're not, you know, you don't have enough money already. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how rich can the rich get, you know, before the rest of us die out, you know? Well, what, what do you think now? Because, you know, you're young. Are, are you optimistic that we could turn this over, that we could uh, get justice? Or, or do you think it's hopeless? Um. Well, at this point, if we keep going at the rate we are, you know, my... You know, my future generation, they're not going to have much to, you know, look forward to. Now, Bernie was like, came in, you know, if he came in like maybe like 20 years ago and ran, he he probably would have, you know, been able to, you know, at least figure some of the stuff out. But it's like, you know, he wasn't, you know, as like um, Bernie, when he like spoke and stuff, it it wasn't as crazy it is like when you know maybe later on in his campaign where everyone was just like you know everything he said and you know they agreed with and you just got the chills listening to him speak mm. and 
I, I feel like Bernie, you know, was our, you know, last hope because in four years, you know, we're gonna, we're just gonna, you know, die out as a species and like all the global warming stuff going on. Um, it's, he was kind of our last draw. Um, and then, you know, I didn't know too much about the Green Party until, you know, a few months ago. I started looking into it um, and going to like meetings and stuff with people that were representing, you know, the Green Party, just kind of, you know, talking about it. And um, it's, it's the, he has, they have the same platform. So, I mean, if Jill Stein doesn't work out, we just need to focus on our local levels and, you know, hope for the best. Yeah, we definitely have to focus on the local levels. But, but I'll tell you this, I am optimistic in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. A year ago, when Victoria was all excited about, because uh, this is like her first election she's following, you know, she's 15 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, you know what, if Bernie gets 20% of the vote, that'll be a big deal. And we take yeah. those people behind Bernie, we organize those people, because these people are tuned in, they know what we're talking about. And here we got, we got 46% of the vote, and we got robbed on top of that. So mm -hmm. we can take these people and organize these people. And now uh, the savvy folks, uh, they, they understand that this is a popular movement. People want this. People are hungry for a, a more left-leaning government. They're, 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 on, they're tuned into the 1%. They know we're getting ripped off. They know we're living like slaves. And they don't, the people will, so someone else will pop up to, 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 to market this same pitch that Bernie had. We just got to hope that they're a decent person, honest person. We got to keep an eye on that. Because Jill, what's your name? Elizabeth Warren turned out to be a total sellout. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I was I was shocked about that. I was like, because, uh, you know, I thought she was going to stand by you know, Bernie like 100% the way she was talking, everything. And then as soon as, you know, he's not the Democratic uh, nominee, she's like, oh, well, I support Hillary now, you know. <laughs> $24 of beads, $24 in beads they gave her yeah. <laughs> to sell them out. But, uh, and I think, you know what? I got to tell you something. I'm hearing a lot of stuff that a lot of guys around them sold out to. It seems like Nina Turner is still with them, but uh, a lot of the guys, the surrogates you see, a lot of them seem to have, uh, you know, kind of uh, went with the money too. Yeah. So. And it's unfortunate that's what we've come to, but, you know, it's, it's just a shock. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right. Anything you want to leave us with before we got to go? Um, no, I think I practically got it. <laughs> what about if people want to get a hold of you and say, uh, Melissa Fry score, I have a uh, venue I want to give you, or I have a megaphone I want to give you? Uh, well, they can, you know, email me um, just to keep in contact. You know, um, we're open to any ideas. If you ever want to get an event together or anything, you know, you can just email me or you know, Facebook message me, whatever is easiest for you. So yeah, Facebook is Melissa Freya F R E Y A score. And I, you know what I'll do? I'll have a link up. I'll put a picture and a link, uh, up on the Opperman report blog. So everybody can get a hold of Melissa here. If we want to organize something here locally in Las Vegas, Melissa Freya score. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.